welcome to Evan Talks Podcast, a podcast about my, your and our mental health journeys. If you enjoy the podcast, it's available every other week. And why not follow us on Instagram and Twitter? Hey guys, before we get stuck into this week's episode, I wanted to share with you that Evan Talks pin badges, as mentioned in episode three, are now available to order. The pin badges cost £10 each. All profits are going to Mind and Samaritans. So if you'd like to order yours, please email evan.talks2020 at gmail.com with your full postal address and name and I will give you payment details and that way we can get them sent out to you in first class post. Thanks very much and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Evan Talks. It is the 14th and final episode of this season of Evan Talks and I am so excited to be doing this if a little bit emotional to be doing this to be honest. Um, I've been putting this off it should have, this episode should have come out last week. Uh, thankfully, though, I was brought back from furlough for a week and uh, it was a bit busy uh, being back. So I thought it best to uh, give this, this, this episode of Everyone Talks the full focus it deserves. That being said, I've struggled to take the time to sit down and do it because Part of me doesn't want it to end, but part of me knows that it needs to in order for me to kind of reevaluate and look back over the last 40 or 13 episodes and kind of think about how we can do it better going forward and, and what I could potentially do to make it better for you guys and more engaging for you. So we are going to come back with a second season. That might be the last season. Who knows? Um, but we will come back with a second season and that season will be probably February uh, of 2021 and hopefully the world will be in a little bit of a better place by then uh, and we can do some reflection and we can think about what, uh, what we've learned. But for this episode, I wanted to kind of do a recap of the, of the 13 episodes and kind of just talk you through um, some things I've learned over the the last few months with um, COVID because as much as COVID has um, been a heartache for so many of us and taken so many people that we care about, I feel like we need to reflect on what it's done for our mental health and and potentially what it's done for our futures. I just want to talk about what Evan talks as an experience has taught me. Um, I kind of was very ignorant into what this was going to do in terms of my mental health, but also what I was going to learn from it. I didn't really anticipate learning much from this process, but I feel like I've learned a whole bunch. Uh, I want to kind of thank some people I've talked to and engaged with. Um, I've met some really awesome awesome people through this whole experience and I really wanted to just kind of touch on on what they've done for me and and kind of how I feel um, the whole process has benefited me from that sense and and then I want to just kind of touch on what what's next really um, and where I'm at what I will promise to do today is keep it pretty chilled to be honest with you I've got uh, a cup of tea it's, an, it's a Sunday morning. The weather doesn't look too bad. Cheers. Such good tea in the morning. 
Anyway, I'm a tea person in the morning and a coffee person in the afternoon, just in case anyone was wondering. It's a weird thing that I go through, but one thing I've learned living by myself for the last, well, for the last four years, but also uh, living by myself in isolation for the last three months is that I've got some weird routines <laughs> and routines that I think people might struggle with if I was ever to meet somebody and live with them. Um, because yeah, I've got some weird routines like how I am in the morning and what I have to do to, in order to approach the day. So just to kind of uh, get back on track, I am going to jump around, um, but I really wanted to just talk about uh, the impact of COVID on people's mental health and kind of touch on something that um, I found quite interesting. I have got some different articles and stuff, um, and I'm, I'm going to try and link to those articles. Um, I found a website called uh, Full Fact org and it's called the UK's independent fact-finding charity never heard of it before but I was looking around I was looking and doing some research around uh, the increased numbers of suicides over the last uh, four or five months that have been reported as a result of COVID and interestingly I've, I've been under the impression that suicide rates have gone up but at the moment there's no statistics to prove that um, there's no Unlike COVID, there is where there's like sort of more real-time reporting in terms of COVID-related deaths and the numbers, and we've got the dashboard and everything else. Um, there's no real numbers around um, suicides. And the information is obviously done, the reports are probably done by the, no, I'm not going to say probably, because they are definitely done, um, by the Office for National Statistics, so the same people that put together the, the, the data for COVID, but they've they've um, confirmed that there's no uh, real-time monitoring of the suicide rates, and it's done retrospectively. Um, so the last data we've got is up until, pardon me, that's the T, October to December 2019. So that's the last real data that we've got, and it's always it's always scary because when you read the when you read the statistics um i'm going to get the terminology exactly right and we we learned this while we were doing our mental health first data training and when somebody commits suicide um the the term used is suicide conclusion or completion um because you don't want to say they've successfully committed suicide um so it's suicide completion or conclusion and that's a horrible um a horrible term but that is um something that we learned during our mental health first data training but we also learned uh well i've also read on the the statistics for the suicide completions um so there's no there's no numbers in terms of um, suicides increasing over the COVID period. What has increased is the the pull on the resources from charities such as Samaritans, Mind, uh, Sane, all of those sorts of good charities that are doing such good work. They've reported up to a two hundred percent increase in the use of their their services um, during this period, and a lot of that has been. Um, 
older people who are lonely, uh, single people living alone, um, and even, even people living in houses with families, but feel very isolated in, in their thoughts and their, their emotions and that sort of thing. So with that in mind, I, I did a bit more research around um, COVID and there was some, the um, MAND have done a case study or a report around the mental health emergency that is currently in place. And you, you would have seen their, their adverts and things around people, um, uh, the need for additional support from them. And some of the essential learnings that they've mentioned in their report, um, more than half adult, more than half of adults and over two thirds of young people have said that their mental health, mental health has gotten worse during the period of lockdown restrictions from early April to mid-May. I don't think there's any surprises from, for us there. Um, restrictions on seeing people, being able to go outside and worries about health of family and friends are a key factor in driving people's mental health uh, downward. Boredom is also a major problem for young people. So as much as we believe that young people are quite happy to be sitting in front of a computer game or doing something like that, um, the boredom has still hit them and has still affected their, their mental health. Then uh, loneliness has also been a key contributor to, poor, uh, to the poor mental health of people. Feelings of loneliness have made nearly two thirds of people with uh, people's mental health worse during the past month, with um, 18 to 24 year olds the most likely to see loneliness affect their mental health. For me, during this period, um, I've been quite lucky in that my parents live quite close to me. And um, although during the, the, the beginning of lockdown where we were, we were on strict restrictions, um, I wasn't able to physically go in and spend time with them. I was going to the house and speaking to them and seeing them and then picking up the dogs, taking them for nice long walks. Um, so that sort of thing helped my loneliness, but still the, the late nights and uh, waking up alone and that sort of thing. And I say waking up alone, I always wake up alone, but waking up um, knowing that I've got to go through that process again every day has been a major issue for me. And I'm not, I mean, I feel like um, I've always been quite good at being alone because I sometimes don't do well with groups of people, large groups of people. But I, I struggle and I am struggling with loneliness at the moment. And I think it's not necessarily, oh uh, no, it is, it is, it's loneliness right now, but it's also loneliness thinking that like, um, I've found the last 20 years living with this mental health problem, illness, whatever we want to call it, um, quite difficult and challenging. But then thinking, oh, I've got to do another 25 years, 30 years, however long I may live um, with this by myself potentially is hard, is difficult to, is difficult to comprehend. So I have, I have really struggled with that, and there's been some there's been some dark hours in my in my recent life where I've really really just wanted to shut off completely. There's been a few days where I have done my normal. I'm just going to turn everything off, lie in a dark room, and not talk to anybody. And I suppose what's what's hurt me then is um, I don't think anyone noticed. 
And I'm okay with that right now because I'm not the best at communicating anyway. Uh, I've got a lot of uh, messages on different social platforms that I need to reply to. So for those people that might be watching or listening and I haven't replied yet, I am going to reply. Promise, promise, promise. I am going to reply. But sometimes you are your worst, your own worst enemy when it comes to that sort of thing, because you are pushing people away naturally because you are uncomfortable in social situations or um, you don't feel comfortable in, in who you are. So you push people away. And then when there's no one there anymore and no one listens and uh, no one seems to care, if you like, but they do care, but nobody seems to care, um, then it hurts that much harder. And I think I've got to remind myself, I've got to remind myself on a daily basis that um, sometimes I am the one pushing people away. So I need to be mindful of that and kind of, um, kind of stop thinking uh, about that. And I think that's a message for anyone really is, um, is be mindful of how you, how you push people away or you, you bubble yourself up. And if you're doing that and you are keeping people at an arm, arm's length distance, when you do need people, you will need to reach out. And that's often one of the most difficult things for us to do as men uh, with mental health problems, but also just as a society, reaching out and asking for help isn't always something that comes naturally for us. So <clears throat> I think that's one thing that um, COVID has taught me in that we've got to think We've got to be mindful of, of the situations that we are so create. And I'm not saying that we need to blame ourselves because that's the last thing I want to say is because I don't believe that we create the problems for ourselves. But I do feel that sometimes we need to acknowledge that um, if people are around, there might be a reason for people not being around. And it's not because you are depressed. It's not because you are not a nice person or nobody loves you or cares about you it is probably because you've inadvertently maybe pushed them away and that's often difficult to to deal with and kind of acknowledge in yourself another another finding from all the stars and so nicely and I didn't even plan it. Another finding from the mind uh, study was that uh, many people do not feel entitled to seek help and have difficulty accessing it when they, when they do. One in three adults and more than one in four young people did not access support during lockdown because they did not think they de deserved the support. Um, so that just kind of reiterates what I was just saying where people might um, might need help and might want help, uh, but not necessarily feel like they are owed any help because, or they don't deserve any help because they've pushed people away and, and they've made, made the circumstance, not that they have made the circumstance, but contributed to potentially to the circumstance. A quarter of adults and young people who tried to access support were unable to do so, not feeling comfortable using phone or video call technology has been one of the main barriers to accessing support. And one thing I'd, I'd really want to encourage is that there are so many different ways in accessing support now, and there's so many different forums to access support. Um, so 
Ah, we all know about Mand, we all know about Samaritans, um, we all know about Sane, um, but there is also some other charities, some smaller organizations. So My Black Dog is one that I've, I've recently discovered through one of the people that I've been on a, a guest on, on Evan Talks. So Mark, he was a guest on episode three or four, and he was, um, and he has since become a volunteer with them and, and doing some great work with them. So, um, they are, they're another charity. There's also Shout, which is a text um, tech support line. Um, one that I've used during this period, because sometimes I don't feel comfortable, believe it or not, I don't feel comfortable vocalizing uh, what I'm going through or how I'm feeling. So it's, it's one that I've used a couple of times and it's good. It's just like a little text message and it kind of takes your thoughts away from whatever you're thinking about anyway. So it is, it is useful to go through. During this period, uh, the, some of the most coping, common coping strategies have been uh, no guesses, no, no prizes for guessing here, but um, over half of adults and young people are over, over or under eating to cope with the current situation. Nearly a third are using alcohol or illegal drugs, with 18 to 24 year olds using this coping strategy more than um, over 25s. A third of young people with existing mental health problems are self-harming to cope, um, which, makes me, which makes me sad inside because I understand why they do it, because I've, I've been there. Uh, although when I was doing it, I didn't really understand what I was doing. Um, and it's and it's difficult and have i no i wouldn't say i've had the urge to self-harm but it is one of those things where you you think about it and you think about ways in which you can uh release pain um distract yourself from from the pain that or distract yourself from the thoughts that are going on in your head and one of the things that i know has worked for me in the past was self-harming um but like I said, when I was doing it at that time, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, connecting with family and friends online is the most popular way to cope amongst both young people and adults. One, one thing I might, I might say uh, that was a, was a real game changer for me during this period was um, our Friday night quizzes that I got invited to. Um, and I want to thank the people that invited me. They know who I am or who they are. Um, they definitely know who I am because they invited me, but they know who they are. And it was, it was a weird experience. And I think I mentioned, just mentioned it in the last episode with Dave and Ken, when I said that every Friday, just before the quiz night, I would, take a shower. Not that I wasn't showering every day because I was showering every day because that's how I, uh, how I approach the day, but I would take a shower. I would put a, a nice, nice enough top on. This is one of the tops I wore quite a bit. So it's from one of my favorite shows. Um, and the, um, the whole process of getting ready for quiz and having a shower, getting a bit, uh, wearing an, uh, a nice top for the diet or whatever because it doesn't let's be honest nobody cares what you're wearing below I am wearing shorts I'm just going to make sure you're all comfortable and not freak you out I am wearing shorts right now um, but the yeah and putting on some deodorant maybe some some aftershave has, was a real game changer for me and it made me um, sometimes there would be weeks where I wasn't I wasn't interested in doing it but that was me being me 
sorry, another cup of tea for people that were listening and not watching. Another sip of my cup of tea. Um, <clears throat> and it was really, it was a really good experience. Okay, it was coupled with some copious amounts of alcohol too, just for some banter and some fun. But it really made me think that there was something to look forward to and it wasn't just the same routine. Especially, um, I was quite late in getting furloughed, but when, when I got furloughed, um, that was one of the things I was, I was quite um, glad to have in, in my life. There is definitely a crisis in terms of mental health at the moment. And there is gonna be longer term effects, I believe, for this so as people come out of out of uh, lockdown and go back into the workplace and a lot of workplaces aren't anticipating going back physically into the offices and stuff until next year or early this year uh, later this year um, it is it is difficult to to see that there won't be some adverse effects to what has happened and I believe anxiety levels are going to increase as people are encouraged to go out more and encouraged to uh, go back to work and kind of go back to the normal way of life, uh, which I don't think we'll get back to anytime soon. But I know that where I've, I've had to go back, um, especially this week, this week was... This week was interesting because I was I was brought back for a very specific uh, purpose. I was brought back to work for a very specific purpose. Uh, there was a lot of um, activity going on in our business and a lot of a ramping up of, of potential business. And it meant going out and being with people when I haven't been around a lot of people for a while. Uh, so going into areas and going into places where um, potentially they've been working for a while. So uh, in some of the environments that I went into, there was people that had been doing that job for the last three or four, um, maybe even eight weeks. Um, so they were in a routine and they were comfortable in what they were doing and stuff. But I was very nervous and anxious uh, about going into those places. And I, I think a lot of people are probably going to go through that at some point over the next few months if they haven't already gone through it. Um, and it's just being mindful of of preparing yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally for those experiences and, and taking time to do sorts of mindful exercises and mindful breathing and, um, and whatever sort of, if it's yoga, meditation, whatever you need to do to kind of realign, recenter, refocus, and kind of um, put yourself in a better position going forward. So that's, that's one of the things that I think is going to be a problem going forward for a lot of people. Um, so I think for, um, sorry, I'm going to say I'm a lot. And I say I'm a lot normally when I'm recording these, but I, I edit them out when I'm just doing the, uh, the voices, the, the, the audio, but when I'm doing the video, it's very difficult to order, um, edit out without the video looking like I'm, dancing and stuff so i'm not going to edit it out you're just going to have to accept that sometimes i say um and you're going to notice it more now sorry okay cool i'll try and stop um and i didn't even try and do that one on purpose what so how we are going to cope going forward is going to be key and being 
being aware of your feelings and your emotions, uh, giving yourself some time to mentally prepare. So for me, if I'm going back to work, so I know now when I'm going back to work, ooh, I'm so excited about it as well. Anxious, uh, nervous, because it's different. Uh, it's going to be different to the way that we were working before. Uh, for like a, a lot of people, that's probably going to be the case. But I think the, over, the overarching feeling is excitement because uh, it's going to be a new challenge. It's going to be completely different to what I was doing before. I say completely different. It's not going to be completely different. It's going to be different though. And I'm going to be working with a lot of new people and meeting new people. Again, that's a big thing for my anxiety is meeting new people. Uh, I might come across as cool, calm and collected, but it's normally me just sitting back and just panicking quietly inside. So this will be interesting going back. But I now know when I'm going back. So I'm going back in two weeks time. I am going back for a period of three weeks and then I've got a uh, jury duty service, I think. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that in public. I didn't read that. I mean, there's no way of knowing what case I'm going to be on. Interesting. Did I just compromise myself? I don't know. Maybe let me know in the messages if I have. I mean, there's not that many people that listen to this. There's not that many people that know about my podcast. So you are the elite few. But I am going back in two weeks time and it will be for a short window so i can work with that so i can mentally prepare myself so i know that normally it takes me two days to mentally prepare myself for going into work in a new situation or a new environment so i i'm not good when i'm f suddenly flung into a situation which happens quite a lot in my line of work but because i've now got some time to plan and some time to mentally prepare i will do that um although that being said, the next two weeks are going to be really busy. I'm helping my parents move further away from me. Thankfully, they're still in this country. So a three-hour drive is far better than a 12 to 16-hour flight. So I feel like I'm winning. So I've got some time to prepare, and that's what I'm going to do, and that's how I'm going to use this window. How are you going to prepare? How are you going to mentally, emotionally, and physically prepare for any new situations that are going to come up as we sort of come out of lockdown, hopefully come out of lockdown and go back to some sort of normality? Um, that being said, obviously, there is the new restrictions put on. And you know what? I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to say thank you to the government for doing it. It has affected our industry massively, the industry that I work in. and it is a step backwards, but I'd rather take a small step backwards than go all the way back to where we were before and have all of us under more pressure and more anxiety about the security of our futures, the, the state of the, the, the country, how we are going to recover, if we're going to recover. So I feel like although a lot of us are frustrated and a lot of us are concerned about the step backwards, I feel like taking a small step backwards right now slowing the process down, putting the brakes on, if you like, uh, to use um, Boris's analogy and kind of pausing and then reopen again slower um, is the best thing to do in the longer term. It's frustrating right now, I believe, but it's the best thing to do in the longer term.
So my question to you is what are you going to do in order to maintain your mental health going forward? You can message me, you can comment, but what I really want you to do is take some time to think about that and think how are we going to move forward and what are the processes and what are the controls and what are the, what are the practices and behaviors that I'm going to introduce in my own life to kind of make that process easier because I know that it is going to take some, some getting used to, and it is going to have an impact on where we're at. Great. How are we doing? I'm going to take a sip of my tea. How cute is this month? So it's a little French Bulldog mug. Um, it's with like gold leaf sort of effect and, and a gold handle. And it's double-sided. So I get French Bulldogs on both sides. Uh, but I'm being very conscious to make sure that I show you a French Bulldog as I drink it. And that tea's getting cold. So what's next? This is so weird, eh? Uh, this is kind of like sitting down and just chilling with Evan Judge for half an hour. My next point on here was what as Evan talks taught me. And it's taught me a lot. And I, for the longest time, thought that we weren't doing enough. And we probably weren't doing enough to talk about mental health. But when I came into this and I started putting myself out there and I started speaking and I started doing a bit more research and I changed the sort of the sort of hashtags that I follow on social media and I started um, delving deeper into uh, into people and who they are and what they're doing. I learned that there's loads of great people doing loads of great stuff. And I suppose my only frustration with that is that why can't we just bring it all together and all work together and kind of be these advocates as part of a whole bigger network and hopefully by that by that point have um, more influence more impact and get and reach more people ultimately I suppose the problem there is that people are doing things in their silo doing their things that they want to do and they're doing in the way they want to do them for a reason and they're reaching people so although it's a frustration that it's 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 different people doing different bits and different things. Um, I think that's always going to be the way it's going to be. So what I want to encourage people to do and what I've learned um, through this process is that be open to reaching out and following more people uh, that are doing great things. There are, there are some great people and I've had great people on this podcast. So, uh, Paige and Coral from It's Okay, It's Okay Not To Be Okay. Um, um, or they, I think they've now changed their, their, their Instagram handle. So uh, Sisters Stopping Suicide. Uh, so if you, looked at, if you looked at any of those things, you would find them. And they've had some shout outs from some really cool celebrities and people telling, letting people know that they're doing some great stuff. They are... I mean, they are two very inspirational people for me. Um, and I had them on, on one of my episodes and we talked about what brought them to, to start the podcast, uh, to start their Instagram page. They've now started up a YouTube, well, they had a YouTube page. And I think they've just started doing a lot more on YouTube. 
which is great. So I would encourage you to have a look at them because I, I've got 140 40 followers on Instagram for Evan Talks. Um, they've got over 30,000 and they will reply to every single message they get. I struggle to reply to five. So for them, they are such strong, capable women and they deserve another shout out. I know I've shouted out them quite a bit, um, but they deserve it because they are doing such wonderful things. And I, I follow them religiously. Uh, I try and uh, log on to their lives on Instagram, which I believe at seven o'clock at night, uh, Monday to Saturday, if they don't do a Sunday. Um, well, they were doing that during lockdown. So I don't know if they're still doing that, to be honest with you. Um, but I think they are still carrying that on. And regardless of all that other stuff they're doing, they reply to every single message they get. and They will keep talking to you as long as you need them to. So I want to shout them out but because they are doing some wonderful things and I, I can't even begin to imagine the number of people that they've helped directly and indirectly through what they're doing. They've also got some great... Um, They've got some great anxiety bracelets, uh, some charms, some stuff that you can get on their Etsy page as well. So if you have a look at their Instagram, there's a link to their Etsy page. Um, they are doing wonderful things. And I think it's, it's, a sim it's a simple idea, simple idea that they're going to reply to every message they get and they're going to try and help every person that they speak to. And they might not be able to help you, but they might be able to put you in contact with people that can help you. So, Reach out to them if you need to. They are doing wonderful things. What else has what else has this process taught me? This process taught me that it's it's quite a it's quite a draining process to put together an episode every every other week. And I mean, I'm glad I started with the idea of every other week because I I kind of had an idea that it was going to take a lot out of me emotionally. But the planning, the logistics and all that sort of stuff was probably made a little bit easier with lockdown because people were, uh, everyone was getting on board with zoom meetings and how we do that sort of thing. So that was a little bit easier, but then also making sure that the people that I'm speaking to are comfortable and, um, understand the sort of goal of this. And the goal for Evan talks was always just to encourage normal people to talk about mental health. So I was very conscious that although it would be great to get some celebrities on and hopefully um, for Evan Talk season two, we'll get some more well-known people on. Um, I want to keep it that original, not, not original, normal people, average people that are just carrying on with their lives and dealing with their mental health issues are far more encouraging for me than a celebrity who's standing on a, on a soapbox with a large platform talking about them. And they are great. And they, the fact that they're putting themselves out there is amazing. And all these great um, forums that are happening, the heads up stuff that um, uh, Prince, uh, Prince William's doing with FA and all of that sort of thing is amazing. And, and the little specials that are, are popping up on Sky are wonderful because it's, 
it's these people that we look up to and you kind of um, getting an insight into their mental health issues and how the, the trolling and how the pressure of the position that they're in, fine, they get paid a heck of a lot of money to do that job, but the pressure is, is still very real for them. And no matter, no matter how much money you get paid, you're still going to have that pressure. So we all need to appreciate that they are going through something too. I think we're very conscious about um, being nice, being kind um, until somebody doesn't score on a major event or a major match or something. And then we forget that they're human and we abuse them on Twitter and uh, Instagram and wherever. And then they still have to go home at the end of that day. They still have to um, wake up the next day and try and do it all again and start over. And we're abusing these people. Can you imagine if you had a bad day at work and everyone in the world had an opinion on why you failed that day or had a bad day? I mean, I would hate that because the number of times that I beat myself up about something I've done incorrectly at work or could have done better. And then some strangers giving me advice on how I should have done it and everything else. So come on guys, it's, it's, it's difficult for people to do their day jobs when nobody's watching, Never mind when there's 40,000 or 80,000 fans watching and, Never mind the hundreds of thousands of fans that are watching from home in the comfort of their own home um, and then being able to criticize you directly because they have that link into your social media accounts and they can uh, direct message you. So Evan's talks has taught me that everyone is going through something and um, it even surprised me when I started getting messages from people and a lot of the people that listen to Evan talks I know. Um, and those people were brave enough to say, Hey, Evan, thanks for sending this out or doing this because it's actually meaning a lot to me because I go through something and fair enough. A lot of them don't want to be on Evan talks and don't want to, but the fact that they've stood up and they've told me and they're talking to me about it, it, it means everything to me. And, and I thank those people for reaching out and speaking. And again, I promise I will message you back if I haven't already done so. Um, so Evan Talks has taught me a lot and I think it's taught me a lot about how I can do things differently for the next, uh, for the next round of, um, podcasts, which there is going to be one more at least, and it is going to be at least 12 episodes long. And I am going to try and make sure that I get quite a few new people involved, but also touch base with some of the older people. And talking about some of the people that have been on the previous episodes of Evan Talks, I just want to kind of thank them and shout out them specifically. Um, there was It's great because I can see how many people were listening to particular episodes. And it's been cool because the, the episodes I've enjoyed the most are the ones that have been listened to the most. Um, and the, the episodes with just me have been... Yeah, okay received but i think it's because people want to hear a different side of it so the first episode episode i did by myself uh, was when i talked about myself and my journey and stuff that has had the most listens by far but i think it's because it's the first one and that's how people kind of want to want to understand the process and understand what we're talking about but 
I think it's also good for them to get a background. And then as the episodes continue, you can see where people are picking and choosing what ones they want to listen to. And I'm thankful that the episode with my brother, which is probably not the one I most enjoyed because I was quite nervous about it, but it was definitely the one that meant the most to me because I honestly believe that during that, although my brother and I had a good relation, have a good relationship or, albeit not, not the relationship that we speak to each other every day or anything like that. We live in different countries. We live uh, very different types of lives. He's got a beautiful family of um, two beautiful daughters and an amazing wife. And they are a unit that I am envious of because they are, they are, when I went back and visited them, the, the way they all work together, they've got, they've got a lot of help. Um, but the way they work together on a daily basis and they have their routine at night and all that sort of stuff, it's probably stuff that every family does. And it, it is, especially when you've got young children. Um, but seeing my brother in that position and seeing how much those girls look up to him, love him, um, just adore him, want to be around him as soon as he walks through that door at the end of the day and the way that he's obviously had a very busy working day and he comes in and then he just turns it on and he's back into dad mode and, and, and doing some wonderful things. I mean, I admire, I admire them and love them all so much, but having that conversation with him, I think after we did it, we had a quick chat and we kind of talked about just general life stuff and I'm glad we had a bit of a general chat afterwards because I think if I just, if we just ended the conversation when I stopped recording, I would have, I would have been quite emotional. And after doing it, we did it one evening and after doing it, I kind of went to bed and kind of just lay there and think, you know what? I didn't always appreciate what he was going through when I was struggling with my mental health. So it meant that episode meant so much to me and I'm hoping that I can get him back for next, next season's one. Maybe we can do him on episode two again and, and kind of just kind of catch up and, and see where he's at and see how life is, how life has evolved for him and, and how life is different. Other people I've engaged with have been amazing. So um, Dave, Ken, Coral and Paige, Sam from Be Brave Clothing, Mark, all these people have been so awesome. So awesome in doing this and doing this and putting themselves out there. And I can't thank them enough. Uh, Dave and Ken enjoyed it so much. They came back for a second episode <laughs> in the first season. And it was great to have like the three of us talking and having a conversation like we probably would if we were in a room together, um, although socially distanced. Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed having those guys on. And I think uh, Dave and I, as, as Dave has always been uh, my senior in, in the workplace, um, we've kind of grown to, well, I think, uh, respect each other on this platform quite, quite nicely. And the fact that he's felt comfortable opening up when previously, I think he would be open to saying that 
he was a bit of a closed book when it came to his emotions and didn't really share stuff the way that he's or the way that he shared with me during the podcast but also outside of the podcast as friends has been amazing and i'm so grateful for that and i suppose that's just one of the things that this process has taught me is that people want to be able to talk about how they're feeling and maybe they don't necessarily want to do it on this platform but even on a one-to-one with a friend with a family member people want to talk and we should be there for them if they want to talk. And I think if somebody's reaching out and talking to you, <clears throat> acknowledge it, make it, make it something that's good for them. Um, don't kind of just brush it or brush it away. If somebody who has never really reached out and never really spoken to you before is talking to you, then be present, be there and, and, give them sound advice if that's what they're looking for. But also if they list, if they're really just looking for somebody to talk to and maybe sound out how they're feeling, then be that person too. So for those people that have been involved in Emma talks and those people that have uh, messaged me and uh, gotten involved behind the scenes and encouraged me, uh, there's, there's a few people that have reached out and kind of, uh, kept me going through the process. I want to say thank you to those people. Um, those are people that I maybe didn't necessarily anticipate hearing from and um, uh, getting engagement from, but they have carried the process through and carried me on and carried me, kept me going. And I think uh, it's interesting because. Uh, when I said that the last, when I said last week in last week's episode or the week before, sorry, um, that this was going to be the last one, I got a lot of messages saying, "Why is it the last one? Da, 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 da. Uh, what, are you going to come back? Are you going to do more?" So the reasoning for stopping now is because I feel like we've been through something in terms of COVID, which I didn't anticipate at all, and. Um, what I want to do is really take time to reflect and learn and grow as a person before carrying on with the next, next, uh, however many episodes. So that's why I, I wanted to kind of take a break and stop and then reevaluate. I am going to come back. Uh, Evan talks is going to come back like it or not. It's coming back. And that is, that is because of those people that have kept, kept messaging, kept encouraging, kept going, that sort of thing. So I want to thank all of you and I want to thank all the people that have been on the podcast because without them, it would have just literally been an episode like this. And if you're still watching now, I'm just going to, well done because I didn't anticipate anyone to still be watching right now. So what will be next? Evan Talks will be back. And like I said, it will probably be in February 20. Uh, 21 where um, if you remember the first episode was in February this year uh, and we'll do the same sort of format we'll have every other week um, I'm going to try and do more video and that sort of stuff because that seems to be well received and try and keep keep some of the same sort of themes going what we can do how we can learn but one thing I really want to learn about in the meantime is about resilience and building resilience because that's an important part of managing with a mental health um, condition, 
illness, whatever we want to call it. So I'm going to do some research on resilience and kind of learn about a bit more about that and maybe get some coaches, life coaches in um, and speak to them and learn from them. So that's the idea. But also I want to get some normal, I've already um, engaged with a few people that uh, one, Belinda, who lives down in Australia or New Zealand, um, in New Zealand, um, she's going to get involved in the next season. She was going to be on this one, uh, but she had a third daughter uh, during the process of this whole uh, epi- uh, pandemic. So congratulations to Belinda and, and her family. Um, but um, I want her to get involved and kind of talk a little bit. She's doing some coaching um, uh, about resilience, but also about um, burnout in terms of uh, women with new new babies. And then um, also some other people that I've been messaging in the background and uh, we will get them on too. And I'm excited to say that there's going to be some more female voices in this, in this forum. Although I didn't anticipate having only men for so long. Um, so thank you to all the people. So Evan Talks will be back. If you haven't already done so, can you please purchase one of these? Because I've got about 80 of them still to be purchased. And then once they're all purchased, I can make some valuable donations to Samaritans in mind. So if you've already bought one, you can buy a spare because they're definitely worth buying two of. And if you haven't bought one already, or you want to buy some for friends and family who maybe you want to talk, uh, get them to listen to a bit uh, more about Evan Talks, please can, please can purchase one so that I can make those donations to the charities that need them most. For everyone else, for those of you that I haven't maybe mentioned, thank you. Thank you for being part of this journey. Thank you for um, just being engaged and staying engaged. Uh, Instagram is a fickle thing. Uh, but one thing I can say is I haven't lost loads of followers. So I haven't gained loads and then lost loads. I've just kept with those people that I think are the ones that are listening every week and keeping the numbers ticking over um, or listening every other week. So for those people, I want to thank you. It means so much to me. And I wouldn't have kept doing it um, as long as I have if if people weren't engaged and weren't getting involved. And, and for you, you people, thank you. And I look forward to being back with Evan Talks in 2021, where hopefully the world is in a slightly better place. Thank you so much for listening. Be safe, look after yourselves, but also if you need to talk, remember, you can reach out, Evan Talks, uh, message me, uh, email me, whatever it is, uh, eventalks.com is available and will be staying a live website for the foreseeable future. And I might stop blogging, during that process so that we can keep some engagement going. Perfect. Thanks very much, guys. And I I am very grateful for all of you for keeping listening. Thank you for listening to Evan Talks. And if you'd like to know any other information about Evan Talks or you would like to get involved, please check out evan-talks.com for more information.